0: Whiskey, gin and brandy With the glass I'm pretty handy So join me for a drink boy
1: Welcome to the Barfly Podcast Season 5. My name is Jeff Burkhart, Barfly columnist for the Bay Area News Group, and author of the books 20 Years Behind Bars, The Spirit of the Adventures of a Real Bartender, and its sequel, Pool Denied. My co host and barback is Kevin Zong, editor of The Grindish. Dish. Sit back and relax as we attempt to pull back the curtain on the hospitality industry. And feel free to pour yourself a beverage. I know Kevin and I will. Welcome back to the Barfly Podcast. Today, we welcome Dan Jewett, Editorial and Operational Director at Marin Living Magazine. Dan is a 25-year journalism vet, starting out in weeklies before moving on to Lifestyles Magazines, including Alameda Magazine, Oakland Magazine, and Marin Magazine. In addition, and I just found this out, he also helped co-write the 1994 Counting Crows hit, Around Here. So welcome to the podcast, Dan.
2: Thanks, guys. It's great to be here.
1: Well, let's talk about that Counting Crows thing. That's okay, let's get to let's,
2: let's get that <laughs> out of the way, really. So, in the '90s, I was in this this really great band called the Himalayans. There was a thing back then that if you no matter what kind of ad you put, and this was like in the in the Weekly and the Guardian and stuff, for a singer, you would get a heavy metal singer, and that, no matter what you did. So we wrote the, mo- the wackiest ad ever to keep that from happening. So and it worked. We didn't get a heavy metal singer, but we got this guy named Adam Duritz who came in and auditioned for the band incredible. I mean, we just hit it off like crazy. I still have tapes from that first session. Right out of the gate, he was making up great lyrics, fitting right in with the music. And we were kind of, you know, slightly funky, uh, kind of indie pop. Really, we sounded different than a lot of bands back then. We had a good two-year run playing a ton of live shows, playing all over Berkeley and Bay Area and, and San Francisco, of course. During that time, we wrote a song called Round Here. As the story goes, David Geffen was getting ready to sign Adam in some configuration. Yes. And so he brought two tapes in. One was our tape, and one was a very stripped-down kind of Canyon Crows thing. And... David Geffen heard the tape and he's like, well, I want that sound, meaning the Counting Crows, but we got to have that song. Meaning <laughs> <here>. <laughs> so it was kind of a life changer in, in some ways. That song is is now 30 years old and it's still all over the place. It, it will be played or was played. They just played the Greek, you know, recently. It's still in the set all the time. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, people, people want to hear that. I played a lot in my college dorm. <laughs> for uh, one year, it was like the album that. I I'll, I'll bet. Well, there was a, yeah. I was working at the weeklies actually in, the, in the peninsula, we had a series of weeklies from kind of Redwood City up to San Bruno. Our intern comes in and she's like, hey, you're, you're in Rolling Stone. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> and it was a cover story on ca- the Counting Crows. But Adam grabbed one our, our old band photo, and they put that in there. Oh, so that's that was, great! That was wow. kind of a cool. really unexpected kind of change that day a little bit. So yeah, the song's still going strong.
1: I used to get royalties, I'm sure,
2: right? Still Song get right? royalties? Yeah. 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 The Himalayans themselves. We we you know we had put together the music that we had. There's various forms of demos, really early demos. There's three songs we did with Dave Bryson, the Counting Crows guitarist, still to this day that includes around right here, and then some other demo versions as well. And we had made a tape of those, you know, sometime in the 2000s, and we didn't really like it, uh, our CD. So we, we recently remastered everything. And we also found a bunch of old VHS footage of us at like the iBeam and, oh, you know, places great. like that. And we were able to sync some of it up. So if you go to thehimalayans.com, you can kind of he- see and hear all this. And you can hear early versions of that song and see us playing live. And you're still playing, right? I'm still playing, yeah. My wife and I have a band called My Little Hum. Okay. And we're working on our third album. It's going really slowly this year, <laughs> but fortunately, our, our fan base, all three of them, are fine for now. So, so yeah, we're you know we're we we decided to kind of take a little break and just do it at our own pace, not force it. Right. You know, um, we we do have a lot of stuff demoed, so we're thinking we'll finish writing it this fall and and next year have some stuff out. And that's mylittlehum.com. And we picked that name because. We were in a band before called the Hollyhocks and there was another band in Italy called the Hollyhocks and all our stuff on social media meshed together. Yes. Oh. And they are they're like house music and we're like our little indie pop thing (laughs) people were like wait is that really you and like you know and so we didn't want that to ever happen again so we picked a unique name
1: (laughs) yeah the internet can be that way I I share a name with a screenwriter and I occasionally field calls from so now you're a bartender no that's a different person and he's dead now you you work at Marin Living Magazine which is a lifestyle magazine that's bi-monthly or how do you say that it's, well, it's actually 10 times a year. Yeah, okay, 10 times. So it's, yeah, 10 times. Right. It's a lifestyle magazine in in the modern luxury mold.
2: Yeah, right? and, yeah. Uh, and city and regional, there's a, you know, our industry is called the city and regional magazine industry. And it's a fascinating industry because where print has suffered in a lot of places, uh, a lot of, what do you call it, venues tracks, whatever you know, newspapers, other things have had trouble. The, the big national magazines have, have, have had trouble, but city and regionals just keep ticking along. And it's because people want to hear about their community, what's going on. We try to make our magazine a real coffee table experience. If you feel the cover, it's got that kind of that grit on it. We focus on just beautiful paper, beautiful printing. Great art, great stories, I, I like to think. If so, you do say so yourself. If I do say so myself. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we hope that, that people keep it on their table all month long, and it seems that people do.
1: So those are some of the things that set you apart from some of these these other ones.
2: Yeah, so. we're also going for um, a slightly younger demographic. That was kind of our, our thing. Focusing a lot on people that have moved from San Francisco. Of course, we cover the people who, who live here now and uh, who have been here for, you know generations some of them but we also want to kind of welcome the newer people who are moving in. and a lot of people are especially now that they can leave the city and they don't have to they want to have a family they don't have to be so close to work that they have to live in the city and not that there's anything wrong with it i lived there forever <laughs> yeah. and loved it is it a younger demo
0: that you're seeing? it's that's a younger you demo yeah. yeah
1: so that's that's kind of what we're going for san francisco struggles or marins game right because i know in, in the restaurant business People who would have bypassed a Marin restaurant to go to a San Francisco restaurant now are thinking twice about that and staying closer to home. That's unusual. This Even this last Labor Day weekend was an unusual weekend because it was much busier than it normally would, be, or at least it has been in the years past.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. And I think, you know, I see it in, in Oakland too. So many San Francisco restaurants have, I, I live in Oakland, have moved out there or at least opened a second spot out there. Right. And so, yeah, why, you know, why go into the city? We like to go into the city for a show or something. Same, I think, with, with people in Marin, something you can't get in Marin. For that experience, you go in. But if, if you want just a great meal, you can have it. And we can also drink, have you know? new
1: experiences. We were at, we were just talking off-air before this, we all were at the, the rooftop bar opening in San Rafael, yes. which is such a shockingly different idea for San Rafael, right, I mean, I've lived in Marin County for 30 years and, and that's the first time I've ever heard of something like that. And it was quite an interesting experience. And it's unique because it's a high-level hotel In San Rafael. Previously, that would would have been an animal, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I can't think of when a hotel is, has like that is, has opened anywhere in Marin right in a long time and yeah this i think this bar the, the upper the upper bar is going to be great when it gets going you yeah. know it's mount tam's right there a great view of mount tam and it's certainly big enough to host a lot of people i think people are looking for that kind of experience we like the classic bar down the street too the golden what, what's uh,
1: uh, california gold california gold yeah. yeah
2: yeah that place is really cool and that in
0: that old historic building yeah. really neat With the above fifth uh, rooftop bar if it does well and so far it seems like it is doing well i don't Think it's going to be our only Marin rooftop bar soon. Right. I've already heard rumblings about things in Mill Valley and Sausalito. so this might be the beginning of a trend. Well, that would be that would be amazing. I think people love that, and
2: we're in, we're in California, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, so let's let's get out and enjoy a cocktail or a beer or some wine. With a great view
1: and a different view. It's not the San Francisco Bay. It's Mount Tam, which it's is Mount spectacular. Tam,
2: is right there,
0: right. right.
1: <laughs> it's it's pretty cool, yeah. Although I just did uh, read a thing about Jimmy Buffett in his passing, and there was a snippet on, on David Letterman where he stayed at the Howard Johnson's at the bottom of Mount Tam, and he didn't care for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, thank you, Jimmy
2: Buffett. We got Otis Redding and now yeah. Jimmy Buffett. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: At I, least Otis Redding was saying something nice.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> I, I had no idea about that, Howard. Um, I think I saw maybe your post on it. Yeah. And that photo, it was like, it was gigantic.
1: Yeah. You know, it was right off the freeway. So a lot of people stayed there and and, and that sort of thing. People always talk, certainly in this day and age, about the good old days of Marin County. Then you look back and go, yeah, well, he didn't think it was so great. Right. (laughs) He's playing in San Anselmo and he made it sound terrible. And San (laughs) Anselmo's a great place. (laughs) But one of the things about the bar business that's changing, I think, is that the idea of this hotel type idea is is establishing kind of nexuses for things to operate around. Because in the past, hotel bars and certainly in Northern California, and even in San Francisco, I mean, there's a few like the Palace in San Francisco that are still notable, but nobody that I knew in the bar business went Went to those types of things, but we're seeing a change overall in that industry. Restaurants are different; there are more, certainly more high end, 2 high end restaurants in Nevada now. Which in the past there was never anything like that. And I'm I'm wondering what what your take on that is. Is it people leaving San Francisco? Is it people coming to California? And and these are all potential subscribers, I would imagine, to Marin Living.
2: Yeah, I think they uh, I think they would be and. In- Hopefully, they will be. <laughs> and if not, we'll send them one anyway.
1: We're, living.com, right? yeah, we're exactly. living.com. I think, you know, one
2: thing about the AC that I think is going to be interesting is they were saying that they're going to have longer hours. So, like, that's going to extend the life of downtown, right? Right. Which is going to um, improve crime and other things, <laughs> Ho- hopefully. Maybe make it worse, depending. Um, oh, and- I
1: see what you I thought you meant improve crime as a, as a pun. <laughs> right. <laughs> But we're gonna have better crime. You gotta here. get those crime numbers up.
2: <laughs> uh, no, I mean if more people are out, more eyeballs. You know, more people doing things just helps keep a downtown alive. The other thing we were talking to the people at the Mill Valley Film Festival, and they were saying that they're really going to utilize that, that space too. So it's a it's a great natural tie-in for them. I mean, they're going to
0: have kind of a built-in event space. So right, like they have a screening on Fourth Street, and it's just a block away. Yeah, that's. Very Hollywood. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Well, I was talking to
1: David Hayden from Il Day the other day. He said he's already seeing dividends because they don't have a restaurant, so people are walking down the street to go to his restaurant, which you know that's I think great. is great for, for, for him. And certainly that part of San Rafael the, the I mean, not Fifth but Fourth needs a little bit of help. I think so. They've kind of wavered back and forth on uh, you know, over the years. So it's it's different, and I, I think it, it, that'll be a good thing for them. So what, what's the
2: place in um, the bottle you, you like? Have you been to the... Uh, Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That place is great. Yeah. Talk about a view.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's always had a great view, it just never really had great food. And so that that's kind of a difference that the people and, you know, the prices are commiserate with that. But that's okay if it's actually being delivered. There's nothing worse than going somewhere and spending $22 on a margarita and having yeah. a, a terrible right. margarita. Right.
2: Yeah, or or not great food. I yeah. mean, you know, the, the knock on waterfront places always was: you get the view, maybe you get the drink, but you don't really. The, the food's like an afterthought. Right. right. So I think that what you're what you're saying is that like these places have to deliver. The food has to be better. People want that. They expect that. If they're gonna stay
1: local, then that's what's gonna keep them coming back. I agree. I, I think the expectation level has gone up. I think it's a it's that, that kind of honeymoon period, I think, where people are willing to give new places a chance. And so that that opportunity is there for these restaurants I yeah. wanna put that out there.
0: Well, and I'm also seeing that some of these restaurants, especially in the past let's say six months, ventured more into delivering a high end experience. I'm seeing a lot more promotions for winemaker dinners for yeah. hundred fifty dollars a pop. Right. You know, of a, Popular Mexican restaurant that's going to be doing a tequila parent right. dinner. I'd like to see the people after <laughs> by the time they get to the dessert. But they're doing it again. These are all like experiences that are upwards of a hundred dollars per person, and I guess there seems to be a market for it. They wouldn't do it if they're you know right. making a monthly joint right. thing. Right,
1: and I think that's all good right? I think the one thing that the one knock on Marin County was that it had gotten a little tired in some ways. And I think that there's a kind of an excitement in the business now that I see. Granted, it's the staffing thing is a major problem. Yeah, yes. But yes. think that the people who are left in the business have an enthusiasm for the business that wasn't directly connected to money. You know, that's always the knock that once the bean counters get involved, and everything goes to heck. I think right now there seems to be a, a lot more creativity, especially Marin County.
2: And, you know, I think people are looking, for experiences you know we we didn't go out during the pandemic Hardly at all. And I think now people, maybe they're going out less and they want more impact when they when they do go out. So this tequila pairing, this wine pairing, it might make a lot of sense.
1: They're open to it. They have the money and they have the means. And now they have the time. And all those things coming together really makes for a, a nice cocktail wish. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, let's not forget if we're working from home, you know, we're we're kind of done and ready for happy hour. Right. Right, right, right around five. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: you don't have to be in the car for another. Day. Driving back and forth to Oakland all that time from Marin was tough. Oh, I'm man. glad to have that out of my, out of my life.
1: You guys do a lot of remote stuff?
2: Yeah, we're we, we, we don't really have an office, we're yeah. totally remote, but we get together all the time. We in fact we had our team meeting today I finished that and ran up here. We do that on Zoom. We get together a lot. So we were actually just now scheduling our next team lunch or dinner. We do we do those all the time. We are so fortunate, we wound up just finding so it's just four four partners who, who started it. When we first started we did all the work. If there if one of us could you know couldn't do it, you know, look around, maybe the next guy will will because somebody's gonna have to do it. Right. You know? So we learned a lot. Then people started to join us. So we we have a really incredible team. Our, our sales team is just top notch. They're they're really into being a part of Marine Living. And we love having them. I mean they're like family, we hang out with them and vice versa. And you know, our, our production help, our editorial help. And we've kinda of hit a sweet spot recently and like we're we you do so many things when you first start, you're just like, well just, just get it done, you know? And then we're starting to figure out how to be more efficient at some of that stuff and how to utilize the people that we have to the maximum. And we just, we just like I said have such a talented team right now. So we're we're kind of just at this perfect little sweet spot. It's
1: great. We get into kind of a rhythm. Yeah. You know, it's even like writing a column. You you have to kind of develop an ebb and flow. And at first it, it can be difficult to get into that for, for us in our business. Whatever we've just done. We're two steps ahead of that. Oh yeah! So it's always funny <laughs> to have to talk about something you did two, three weeks ago. Yeah, that people are only now becoming aware of, and it always reminds me of like the actor doing the movie rounds. They're already working on another yeah. movie, <laughs> oh, right? Exactly. It's it's a whole kind of a different experience.
2: Casey, my colleague and I, we met today this week on December, so you know we're already yeah. finding that. So people always ask, how, how soon do I need to pitch you guys? Right. You know, And it's about six six to eight weeks. In front, uh, yeah. in front, yeah, in uh, front, because we are we're always working a couple issues ahead, you know, and we shipped the, the uh, December one super early, so it's out before Christmas, so that deadline comes quick.
1: Well, and, and that's a good thing to, to, to ask is how do people pitch a magazine? I mean, would you just call them up and say, "Hey, I got a story"?
2: Yeah, I yeah. mean, you you do. So it was funny when we first started started our new e- email accounts, we opened them, and for Casey mm-hmm. and I it was like oh my God, <laughs> yeah. uh, there was nothing in there. You're right. Because yeah. I mean, no one knew about this. Story, right. Right. So to see a completely empty email box as a journalist is like kind of scary. Yes. And, and very weird. Something's wrong with my computer. Yeah. We yeah. said <laughs> yeah. Reset. reset, reset. <laughs> um, so we, um, uh, so we, we reached out to everyone we could and we, you know, we started doing our stories and now that's, so far from a problem it's the opposite problem the opposite but one one thing we pride ourselves on one of the first things we did when we started the magazine was kind of do you know what what are our company guidelines our ethics our standards and i was kind of like when we were doing that i was like shouldn't we just be selling something right now you know i didn't see why we needed to do that first but it was essential It's how we relate to the community, how we relate to each other, and how we think about the business and our own free time. And we wanted to be more free, which is one of the reasons we don't have an office. And and one of the things was we're always gonna get back to people. People pitch us all kinds of ways, mostly email, and we will respond. What sometimes, is funny for people is somebody can pitch us and we'll be like, that's perfect and it fits right now. Every issue has a theme, right? So it's got to kind of fit the theme and other times it's, you know, we, we say, well, this is kind of cool and we'll get back to you. I think people think, sure they will. <laughs> and then four, six months later even, it's like, okay, now it's the time for that. We keep really good notes on all that stuff and when it's ready, we'll put it in. Also, our salespeople are out on the street all the all day, so they they hear stuff. They pitch us stuff. We, even when we just go out to a restaurant, we overhear something. We're like, "Hey, tell us more about that." You know, Absolutely. so we're, we're, our ears are always to the ground for interesting, cool stories.
0: Well, speaking of cool stories, uh, this past year, what are some of the the ones you're most proud of? I interviewed Jerry Harrison. He li- lives in Marin,
2: and. I've been trying to interview of the Talking Heads. Of the Talking Heads, yeah, sorry, yeah, keyboardist, uh, songwriter, <laughs> uh, vocalist for Talking Heads, and guitarist, everything. I've been trying to get him for and the Modern Lovers too. Yeah, he's Modern Lovers, Jonathan which Richman. I love, Jonathan Richmond yeah. and his own solo stuff and production. So he's really a, Blue on Black. Yeah, we knew him, right? yeah, it's a great yeah. album. Yeah, he's. Um, He's a really fascinating guy, as you can imagine, someone who can do all this stuff. And I've been trying to get him for like 10 years. And then finally, he was going out with uh, Adrian Blue and they're doing Remain in Light Tour. And Adrian Blue is one of my favorite favorite guitarists, maybe one of the musicians I've seen the most in my life, next to Robin Hitchcock. That combination of those guys doing that incredible album was just too much for me to to miss. And then I found out that they were going to play the Mill Mill Valley Music Festival, which if you haven't been, uh, this year was the second. It was great the first year. Second year was like twice as good in terms of the acts that they brought in. I can't wait to see what they do next year. So, and it's just you know right there in Mill Valley, it's incredible. So I finally got to talk to Jerry about playing in his own backyard, and it was it was amazing. But I'll tell you, like Talking Heads were everything to me growing up to our our, our friend group, and so he's kind of a hero, I guess. I was a little bit nervous to to interview him, and I call him up at the, you know, predetermined time. And he's like, hey, Dan, hang on a second. I'm helping somebody pull a boat out of the water. (laughs) Like the most Marin answer you could possibly give, you know? And I'm like, after that, and after he finished pulling the boat out of the water, I I knew it was just going to be a totally chill and and fun interview. And it was great. It was just great to talk to him about growing up in Mill Valley. He talked about, he loves uh, Goodman's Lumber. He talked about how there's not enough auto parts stores, <laughs> just like you know, brand He really got into some sort
1: small town stuff, small right, town right. stuff and that didn't, make it into star, the ar- yeah. didn't
2: really make it into the article, but um, but that was that was super cool. Another one, um, I talked to Huey Lewis that was actually last year for the Lifehouse event that yeah. he's been doing for maybe 30 years. He's a really incredible guy. one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed, and I'm sure you guys know about his hearing mm-hmm. guy. problem brought on by a really rare disease, not by playing too much rock and roll. So it was a very challenging interview. I mean, imagine you and I talking, but I couldn't really hear you very well. So, um, and we were doing that over Zoom and it was just, it was challenging just to hear him kind of be, not at all seeking pity at all, but like you, you could tell he was a little heartbroken to not, you know, they were in the middle of an album and to not be able to play music anymore. To instead turn his efforts to what he does with Lifehouse and all that was, was pretty incredible. So that was that was a great one. And I'll just throw one more out if I can.
1: Ken Calais, the producer of Rumors, who's working... who wrote that record... great book. that? That book is incredible. Kind yeah. of a name dropping, uh, uh, Marin County, bo- it's it's awesome. Yeah, right? yeah. And so he's working... The where with... I work is in there, but I'm not supposed to say where. Okay. But It's in there. He says <laughs>
2: He's he's working on he's working on you know bringing the record plant back up It's yeah. Osolito. I hear that they're they're making progress. When I went there, I think it was two years ago. The boards weren't even plugged in yet. The giant of consoles and everything yeah. and uh, APIs and I'm like, um, Ken, I'm. You're the expert, I'm not, but there's no way you guys are wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Two years later it's I think it's coming. But one cool thing he told me, so I guess um I didn't know that Sly Stone actually lived at the record plant for a short amount of time. So he pointed out the room where that was. A waterbed room. Yeah. I didn't I didn't dare peek right. inside. He was talking about in the recording studio with um, Fleetwood Mac and how Stevie Nicks didn't really have a lot to do unless she was singing it at that moment. So she went off into a separate room where Sly's piano was and wrote Dreams. And she came running back in. She, you got to stop everything. I've got a song. As he's telling me that, he's pointing to where... Where it happened. All this stuff actually happened. So that was... I'd say we do a lot more than music. I haven't been able to cross journalism with music as much as I have. We basically
1: do something on the arts every issue. Right. Not always music. So to be able to do... That's why I picked three... Yeah. Well, that's that's Music a good things. three. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and and that's a great thing about Marin County is yes. there's a lot of that kind of history that's that's kind of snuck in around. There definitely that a is. lot of people don't know about. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, that's that's I mean, there. I don't know if you you know, there's a editor of a magazine who wrote one of the songs for the Counting Crows. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. if You know, that. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Maybe I should listen to the, the
2: Barfly podcast more <laughs> to get these uh, salient details. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could walk right by the record plant and not even know what that is yes I mean it looks it looks like it's about ready to fall down
1: yes but uh, But a long history I mean it's it's history is tied with the trident because the same guy did the woodwork inside and that whole corridor oh I wondered that because the the slanted boards yep yeah all the same guy wow okay well and the trident obviously has
0: the rock and roll history Uh, oh yeah I mean in addition to the stones uh, and the the whole tequila sunrise is it the Kingston Trio
1: The Kingston Trio were yeah. the owners of the place? Uh, they were. They tried it records, owned it. So oh, that's, that's where crazy. the name came from. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that was a Kingston Trio's uh, record label. Dude. So you need to listen a little more I, to yeah. the podcast. <laughs> podcast.
2: <laughs> sounds pretty good. <laughs> I think Carlos Santana like had like his own kind of like his like
1: if if he came in, he got that seat, yeah. you know. There have been several groups that have tried to do something. And he makes the most sense because he has a direct connection to that. Yeah. Because I mean rumors might be the most Popular, successful album that ever did come out. Of I think they're going to get it done.
0: So don't worry about tomorrow. Take it for today.
1: Please join us next time, where we welcome industry insiders and industry outsiders to talk about the state of the restaurant and bar business. My name is Jeff Burkhart Thanks for listening. Have
0: a drink on.